Lena Del Rey grabs the microphone, and that's what she's calling someone out. Who's Raina calling oh, out? Oh, oh, you already know. There is one reason and one reason alone I want to say something right now. I'm here for the Beast and the WOW World Championship. You know, when we all have our 15 minutes of fame, and I'd like to take a couple of my 15 minutes to talk about the rights and the wrongs in the world of professional wrestling. This match is for the ECW World Heavyweight Championship! We are up to episode four of the Women of Wrestling Reboot Reboot. This is your host, Mr. Green. How are you? Thank you for tuning in to another recap of what's been going on week by week in the uh, world of WOW. And, I mean, let's... uh, before I jump, I was going to say let's get to it, but before I do that, I, I want to say, uh, you know, I think we just had the recent passing of uh, one of the, uh, the young ladies in the wrestling community, Sarah Lee, who is probably best known for her being a part of uh, uh, Tough Enough. I was going to say NXT, but that wasn't what it was. It was Tough Enough. Tough Enough, the uh, competition uh, show that was on with WWE some some years ago as far as I know at this point they, they haven't released any reasons behind her death as of me recording this I'm not aware of any reasons for it so I just wanted to you know bring that up and uh, say you know well wishes to her family and she died extremely young I think she was still in her 30s so that was uh, very disappointing to hear, despite the fact that we really didn't see her as a WWE competitor. You know, just knowing that somebody needlessly lost their life is, a, you know, always always a tragic thing. So that, that was uh, uh, news I felt like I needed to share on this platform. Um, you know, not to be a downer or anything, just, you know, that, and there's no real great way to transition out of that. So I'm just going to. Kind of move on and go right into the uh, WOW episode. Um, going into what they uh, brought in this week. Now, as you know, last week they were advertising uh, th- their main event players, Reina Del Rey and The Beast. But this week it starts off a little different. You know, for the last three weeks, and basically for all WoW episodes, it's always started off with a little bit of a recap. They always show the opening of the show, the little opening graphic, and then they go into last week this happened and that happened, and this person did this and this person did that. Here, it was just a little different. And I was so thankful to have a different path come onto this show for us open. Nothing wrong with the, you know, the 
recap or anything. I don't have a problem with it. But of course, you know, every once in a while, you, you want to have it changed up. And this was a change up, and I thought it was a much needed change up. Even though we're only four episodes in, I've still felt like this was a much needed change up. And they started in a, uh, we'll call it a vignette, featuring David McLean and Sophia Lopez, the greatest attorney in the world. So what we have here is David McLean basically doing his same his same shtick that he was doing with uh, Glow some 30 years ago. He was always on the phone with somebody like, oh, yeah, OK, that's a great deal. Here we go. And then, you know, it hangs up and then he talks to whoever. Uh, the only difference here is that they, they're not playing it up for comedy the way that he did 30 years ago where his office was inside of a phone booth. Now, some of y'all are too young to even know what a phone booth is. I mean. But, uh, you know, outside of seeing it on in a movie or something like that. But, yeah, that those days he played it up for comedy. Here, it actually looked somewhat serious. Not, I only say somewhat because McLean always has a smile on his face. And it's not that the scene in and of itself is serious. It's just that when he is on camera, the... the some of that seriousness gets taken away when almost every time I see you in front of a camera, you're smiling. It's like, okay, am I, is, is this a lighthearted situation or whatever? But, you know. Uh, so, Sophia Lopez is sitting there, and she's negotiating for a title shot for a new client. And she tells Dave McClain who he is, who she is, excuse me, and says, like, Tormenta. And he's like, hey, I read about her in the magazines. I know who she is. Uh, which, you know, I, I really thought this scene was very nice it was a a classic manager's well not scene but it's a classic use of a manager one of the things that you got away with back in the days uh you know particularly in the territory era was if you had strong managers and i'll use you know up in new york you if you go back let's say Late 70s, early 80s, you, you had your Lou Albano's, you had your Fred Blassie's, you had the Wizard. Uh, later on, that kind of transitioned over to your Bobby Heenan's and, and Jimmy Hart's and Fred Blassie and later on Slick. But they served the same purpose. The manager was there as a means to get the heel that they brought in over without them having to do all that much. They got in based on the reputation of the manager. And this is essentially what's happening here is that the wrestler coming into the promotion is coming in based on the reputation of the manager. Is coming in because Sofia Lopez is there doing the negotiations. And they address within this conversation like, hey, she hasn't even been in a while. Why does she deserve a title shot? And Sofia's, well, you know, she would be the first Latina world champion. She's, you know, she's a world-class star you know this that and the other and it makes david think about it he's tapping his pen and he's like you know what you got it now i thought that again i, I have to say this is a thumbs up segment it is great that they are utilizing some level of logic to introduce a new persona a new new wrestler new new character whatever you want to call it and Tormenta gets a free ride into the main event based on the use of Sofia Lopez. Now, Sofia Lopez in this scene is great. 
I think they mismanaged her a little bit later on, but we'll get to that down the line. Uh, but I, I, I have to give a thumbs up here just because it was an easy way to introduce Tormenta without having to really you know go over the top. But again, we'll, we'll uh, address some of this stuff a little bit later on. Uh, one thing I wanted to bring up that I began to notice as I watched this show, and uh, maybe some of you will either know or, or not haven't thought about it, but A.J. Mendez, I was about to say Glow, Wow has made a big deal about A.J. Mendez being part of the show. Like She's an executive producer. She's going to be one of our competitors. She was one of the, the major selling points that wow had in the time that they were off in the summer and and kind of <laughs> off in the summer well off for the last couple of years and trying to reconstruct this program or reconstruct the the promotion whichever way that you choose to identify wow and uh she had done interviews and you know i've seen her do that i've seen her do some of the promotional pictures and things like like that and yes we're only four episodes in but I have to say if you weren't aware that AJ Mendez was there in the show you would not know that she was there it's like they have a major star and with all due respect to everybody else that is in WoW right now past or present AJ is easily the most identifiable, probably world-renowned face that they've had on that program since WoW has been created. And again, I say that with all due respect to everybody else that's on there, but I mean, let's call a spade a spade. She was on WWE television. She was on either a Monday Night Raw or a SmackDown or a pay-per-view and traveled the world for a number of years. She has more exposure than anybody else in that program. And yet, despite that, there has been no effort to feature her whatsoever. And I I don't understand that. I don't understand why you would not at least put forth the effort to say, hey, and you know, we're going to have an exclusive interview with her or she's going to come and talk in the ring. She's going to do special guests. I don't know what role that they would need to do to, to feature her, but having her on commentary where she really, between the three of them, and that's another thing, I don't know what reason they have a three-person booth, between the three of them doesn't really get to speak all that much. It seems like a bit of a waste. Yes, yeah, she does stuff behind the scenes, and I'm sure she they getting their money's worth out of her there. But how do you ignore having somebody sitting by your side like that who has that kind of recognition? It would have been the equivalent of AEW hiring her husband, CM Punk, and then he goes right into a commentating booth and you don't see him anymore. And they only acknowledge him like once. At the beginning of the show, and if you stay long enough, you see his name in the credits. And if you didn't recognize his voice, then you just wouldn't recognize his voice. That that's what this is like. If you do not recognize her voice, you're probably not just not gonna recognize her. 
David McClain will do stuff like, hey, it's me, David McClain, and I'm here with Stephen Dickey on my left and A.J. Mendez on my right, and the camera's not even on him. So, I mean, it, <laughs> you're not even pointing to the people that, that you're identifying as as this is going on. I, I, I don't get it. How do you ignore that? It seems like it, it is a card that they may be willing to or trying to play later. I guess. But the only reason I have some version of doubt is like they've done this before. They've done this before where they had somebody that they touted as, you know, a star or whatever, uh, even though she wasn't nearly in the stratosphere that A.J. Mendez is in. That was when Teal Piper was on the show. And they went through this whole thing of doing press releases and we got the daughter of Roddy Piper and, you know, she's going to be a big big part on the show and this that and the other da, 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 da. you know they not only did the press releases they did the press conferences I had an interview with her based off of the press conferences and she showed up like the second to last episode of that season and was never seen again at least not on WOW and I concerned that AJ Mendez is going to be basically the same thing they're going to have her on the show which they do, and they're going to keep her on the side, and then maybe she'll do something on camera right at the end when it doesn't mean anything. And it'll be unadvertised. It'll just happen. They won't, they won't even bring it up. I hope that I'm wrong, but that's the way it goes. I mean, you know, that we, we have some uh, booking... Uh, concerns as it relates to wow and their their stars and what have you so but i'll tell you what you know before i go further if you are somebody out there that thinks that you can do a better job of booking uh wrestling specifically women's wrestling than wow then you know now may be your chance now may be your time you might want to go and go to customvixens.com to see whether you can book a match or maybe a whole show for yourself if you got that kind of uh, additional income to do that. They got a lot of uh, ladies that's sitting there that you can pick from to book your matches at your whims, and they will do it based on what you like. There is a sample match that is on the WPN's YouTube channel right now where you can go on and that match is taking place between Autumn Marie and Fantasy. Just go on there and you can see their barefoot brawl that took place. And at the end of that match, I, I must say that we have a, another kind of a preview with The Wode taking on Malibu. So there's a lot of stuff that's going on. They are, and they have pre-done matches. If you're not somebody that wants to sit down and try to come up with your own match, they got matches there that's available for you right now. You can go right on to Custom Vixens. Again, Custom Vixens Wrestling. That's, let me give the full name. CustomVixensWrestling.com. You can go on and you can pick matches out that you can download that have been produced already. You can download matches such as Autumn Marie versus Little Bit, Fantasy versus Roxanne, Crystal Fire versus Little Bit. Nina Monet, who some of you, speaking of WoW, may recognize as the Siren. You can 
go with the world versus Malibu and others. All you've got to do is go up to the website and you can either pick your choice of pre-done matches or you can go through their roster and when they have their next filming day, you can make your purchase for a match of your own. Be the booker and find your matches made at Custom Vixens. Now that we've gotten that, you know, we done, those are partners of mine and also want to say that uh done by miss rock and roll roxy one of our channel favorites and you can go find some old matches of hers just on our channel alone wpn the women's pro wrestling network so <laughs> so i guess you, you tuned in for the review let's get to the review we go into segment two and we start off with a tag team tournament match in the second round which is another match that i don't quite understand because what we have here is we got the Tonga Twins, who were the winners in a first-round match against Chinchilla Chella, and uh, who was that? Randy Rara. So they knocked them off in the first round, and they should be waiting for a second-round match. But now we got in the second round, allegedly, Princess Ozzy and Tiki Chamaro, who didn't wrestle a first-round match at all. And there's no explanation to this. There's nothing that says that they had a buy. There's no brackets. There's no, hey, well, you know, they managed to get in on a wild card or or something along the nothing. Just no explanation. They just jumped in. This is exactly what I was complaining about when they started the tag team tournament, before they started the tag team tournament. I said I was wondering if they're going to do the same thing that they did last time and just have a non-bracketed tournament so they can – move and shuffle matches around the way that they see fit without anybody able to complain because they don't have anything there for you to see and complain about. And that's exactly what happened. We've got a, a match. we got a, a, basically a match that should not be taking place. There is no reason for Princess Ozzy and Tika tomorrow. I'm just having a hard time getting that out. Uh, to have been in the second round, but they were. And that was the first note that I put. How are they here? How are they in the second round? Uh, and I'm going to be honest, the commercials that I saw that they ran on Entertainment Tonight and every other place that they had commercials spoiled this match already. I knew just based on the commercials that they had, I was like, all right, I, I, I know who's going to win this. But I, I'm not going to... Uh, say anything about it we'll just go through with it and i'm not doing the play by play but uh one of the things that i question here is that who's the heel and who's the baby face this this has been one of the ongoing issues that i think wow has had and they have never acknowledged oftentimes when you watch wow programming you have a few people who come out there and make it very clear to you that i am the heel or they make it very clear to you that they're the babyface. But then you have some of them that walk this. Either they're trying to walk a very fine line or they do not know how to get the crowd to identify them as heel or babyface. Here they have not done that. They did not identify themselves as heel or babyface. And by them, I mean all four members, the, the twins or Ozzy and Tomorrow, even though Tomorrow and Ozzy are pretty much baby faces by default of how they work. But the twins have really not done anything that would define them as just flat out heel either. They're a little aggressive 
in the ring. And I guess if they want to go through it that way, then they might be the heels here. But it's still somewhat unclear, and they don't do anything to verify that. Um, the commentators addressed Ozzy being under Siren Voodoo Doll's control at some point during this match. However, they did not address how she got free, why she got free, what she let go, did she break the spell on her own. They didn't address anything beyond the fact that, like, oh, yeah, she's much different since she's no longer under the spell of Siren. And it's like a passing comment, and then we just move on. What, what, how did we end this murder mystery? <laughs> Who was the killer here? You know, and that's what I feel like. I feel like I just watched the murder mystery. They didn't even address, like, who did the job. Ozzy's free, and that's it. We we don't know how she broke free. We don't know if somebody else broke her free or, you know, or she was just cut loose. None of that. Just, all right, off, and no other explanation required. So, anyway. At some point in this match, the twins would do a double hip attack where they run up, they got their opponents cornered and on sitting down and on the like the bottom turnbuckle. And they the twins crisscross with each other, slamming their hips into their opponents' heads, you know, back and forth. So they do this like three times. It's the hip attack. Uh some of you may have seen the woe do it. She likes to call hers damnesia, but with her, it's a finish. Here, this is just, you know, more punishment. And a means to kind of separate the two because I think once they were done, Ozzy had to roll out of the ring. And they got some other good spots. One thing I want to say is that they they did a reasonable, either it was a reasonable editing job or they moved faster. One of the complaints I had last time that they aired, I can't say last season, but uh, during the feud with the Psycho Sisters and Ozzy and Holiday and, and, and Siren, is that there was this one match where Ozzy gets up to the top rope and she goes doing her little crazy woman twitch and everybody else had to stand on the floor and look up at her for an insane amount of time as she positioned herself to jump off. And in an edited environment, I was like, you know, you could have at least taken us shaved off some of the time for that because it just makes everybody on the floor look ridiculous. It made it made Ozzy look ridiculous, you know, going up there and not jumping when she had the opportunity to jump quicker. But that's what happens. Here, it was smoother. She got up to the top rope, jumped out to the floor, but she was caught by both of the twins, which then opened up for Chamorro to go do a suicide dive through the ropes and drop both of the twins who were already holding Princess Ozzy. So there were moments in this match that were, you know, had their little feel of excitement and, and kind of uh, smoothed out, I guess, if we want to, again, call them the de facto baby faces here. But I have to come back to the same statement. The Twins did not do anything that would technically qualify them as being healed. Um, in any case... Once the twins separate the two, Ozzy and Tamaro, Tamaro's the one that eats the pen. They'd give her basically a double Samoan drop slash neck breaker. Drop her in the middle of the ring. One, two, three, boom, and they're out. And according to the commentators, the twins are now going to the semifinals. 
Who are they going to face in the semifinals? I have no idea because there's no bracketing to tell you who. We don't even know who's in the tournament for all intents and purposes. So it'll be as big a surprise to you as it is to me. Uh, I, I will say that it the Twins look clearly positioned as a top team. So I'm expecting them to go to the finals regardless. And And if I am a betting man, those commercials that I saw – uh, spoiler alert! I'll, I'll give you a second here if you want to, you know, skip past all this. All right. Uh, I, I don't know this to be true, but I had to put spoiler alert just in case it it comes to pass. If I'm a betting man, I'm thinking that it's going to be a battle of the twins. I think it's going to come down to the Tonga twins facing off against Miami Sweet Heat. We've seen the footage of them interacting with each other in the ring, and I think this is the only platform where that is going to happen within the confines of this tag team tournament. Now, who is going to win that? I don't know. Uh, my money would be on the, the Tonga Twins at this point because I still identify them as kind of pseudo-baby faces, but we'll, we'll never really you know know. Uh, moving on. Next segment, we go to a locker room or makeup room or however you want to identify it. And we see Randy Rara putting on makeup. And then she's confronted by Coach Campanelli, who blows the whistle before she walks in. And then she just, hey, you know, I used to be a cheerleader. And it's a sad story, really. And she starts talking about some... Something that took place in her life, and then we hear that, in the, I, I guess, the music off in the background, and Ra Ra's like, hey, look, you know, I, I, I got to go, but, you know, I do want to get back with you and, and hear the rest of this story, so, you know, just, you know, get up with me after the match, or, you know, something, something along those lines. And she leaves, and it looks like Campanelli is like, oh, okay, and rolling her eyes and somewhat mocking a cheer pose. So... I didn't really understand. I was like, what is the point of this segment? And the reason I didn't understand the point of the segment is because they just rolled off into the match following this, uh, where essentially Campanelli is is a babyface. Whereas in this backstage segment, she comes off as a heel. Now, it could be that they're trying to position Campanelli as disingenuous or something along those lines, to Rara and sucker her in, and only time will tell if that's the case. But it just seemed somewhat weird. So anyway, going into the next segment, because that one, like I said, it was a short segment, and it didn't really go anywhere, so I didn't understand what they were trying to do with it. But we have now uh, out in the ring, or out in the arena, BK Rhythm getting ready to take on Randy Rara. And Rhythm does her best thugonomics gimmick where she does the, the whole diss rap thing to, to Ra-Ra and cuts her down with her rap promo. Uh, but Ra-Ra then does like a cartwheel and, and backs Rhythm up into the corner. And then we hear the music of Jesse Jones who comes into the ring and uh, more or less inserts herself into a what she would have what she would have uh, created as a handicap match. Like, you know, I think you got some talent, and she's talking to BK Rhythm. 
got some, you know, a little bit of red hair, means you got attitude and this, that, and the other. You know, why don't you and I pair up and, you know, we can beat down on Randy Rara. So Jesse Jones just has the ability to come out here and create a match on on her whim when she feels like it now. <laughs> well, uh, well, she did it before, and I guess she's doing it again. So they just decide, all right, well, fine. So they're, they're getting ready to do this handicap match, and then that, Coach Campanelli's music starts to play, and she comes out to a, you know, applause. Uh, this is where the point is like, oh, yeah, they got to have some plants in this audience because I don't know how these people have these, these signs for these wild superheroes that they ain't never seen before and apparently identify fully with despite the fact that they have very little matches underneath their belt. So the coach comes out and she takes the position of being the tag team partner of Randy Rara. So he got Randy Rara and he got BK Rhythm. Now what I don't know is is this part of the tag team tournament that Jesse Jones is trying to implant herself in. I don't think so. But I'm not sure. I don't think they did a great job of identifying. Because the last thing I heard with, with Jones is that she was trying to get herself inserted into the tag team tournament. She was going to take whoever she could to be a partner. And so this was that case. You got Jones and, and BK Rhythm against Rara and Campanelli. Um Campanelli does well. I mean, she she is again a clear baby face here, and she's the the hero of this match. We'll we'll go to the end of it because at some point she takes a whistle out, and she you know, think out of her sock, and then she goes over to Jesse Jones and blows the whistle in her face. Jones takes the whistle and throws it across the ring, which makes Campanelli like, oh man, my whistle, you know. And so she goes over there to get it, and while that's happening, uh. You have a BK rhythm in the ring, or she's backing up while Campanelli's down on the mat, picking up her, like on all fours, she's picking up her, her whistle. Rhythm backs up, trips over backwards of Campanelli, which then gets Campanelli into an easy roll-up pin position. They tried to make it look like she, like she used a dirty tactic, but she, she had her hand flat on the back of BK Rhythm. She wasn't pulling tights. And if they were trying to get people to believe that she was pulling tights, then they did a poor job. The camera is right there on her. It was right there. I mean, like, it did, there's no denying. I like, she didn't pull any tights. Her hands were just on the small of her back. This is why I said having a match that consists nothing of but close-ups is a mistake. You can't even, you know, stretch your truth in that because the camera doesn't lie. Uh, if they had a hard cam or something else that they could have gone to to try to at least uh, take some of that off, uh, take some of that uh, the, the close-up and, and the truth being right in your face off, then that would have been better. But in this case, it didn't happen. And then it just came off like BK Rhythm lost to a fluke roll-up. She wasn't even trying to roll her up. It wasn't like she set out to do it. She was leaning down to get a whistle, and she just looked up into this pen. Uh, rhythm has not come off well here, uh, especially having lost her debut and now just losing off of a fluke. 
I don't know where they're going with this. I, you know, I, I have no idea. Once they won, then Campanelli raises Ra-Ra's hand and they leave the ring together. So whether this is a new team or not, I mean, I can certainly see the connection there, the coach and the cheerleader, I, I guess. But w- where this is going, I have no idea. And I certainly hope that they do something different with BK Rhythm or AKA Killer Kate before somebody realizes that she's a talented young lady and they take her away from that show. Because that's very likely what will happen. Some other wrestling promotion out there is going to realize that she's a talented young lady and they're going to take her away from that show. Um, they advertise for Ice Cold next week, basically like, oh, you'll get to know why she is the way she is, so we got another vignette coming. And then they you know, set up for Raina Del Rey, who's going to be up next. So in next segment, starting off with the Lowrider. So, you know, the, this is, again, when we started talking and reviewing these shows and saw the name change from Venomous to Raina Del Rey, it, it really didn't change all that much with her. It's not like she t- adopted a new persona. Is still venomous with a different name. Nothing has really changed. She's she's still like the queen Latina. You know, she's out there rolling down the street in lowriders, and they got footage of her out in the park doing the cookout with some of you know her folk. So, Raina Del Rey is probably one of the more grounded character. I don't even like saying character. She's one of the more grounded wrestlers. That WoW has. It's not built around, you know, uh, something cartoony or outlandish or uh, over the top. She comes off as a real person. Not, you know, not something that just came out of the mind of, uh, uh, you know, an illustrator somewhere. She, she looks like, no, this is me. And WoW just happened to have a camera on me rather than... You know, let's let's get you the most cartoonish outfit that we can find, and to put you on TV. That, that she doesn't come off like that, and which is good. Uh, and she too, much like everybody else, talks about her background. It's just not as a heartbreaking as everybody else has been. So, this is a lead-in for Raina Del Rey versus Leah Makona, which I thought. This match was going to be, you know, a little bit more hard hitting because I th- thought that Leia McCona was going to be one of their big, big girls. You know, one of the main event players. She looked like she, she, she looked like she should be one of the top tier, and she may still be there. But this probably did not do her any favors. But if she was stepping in the ring with Del Rey, we knew where this was going because Del Rey is being positioned as the biggest threat to the wild women's championship that they have. So it is a uh, reasonable match. And by reasonable, I mean, you know, you know, it's passable in, in some areas that there, there was a spot where it looked like uh, McCall was trying to do a leapfrog out of the corner and over her opponent. But, it just it didn't come off right. I don't know. It's like that that edit either was really choppy or she didn't make it, and they just cut to them doing it 
the following time, if, if that makes sense. It's like it, it, it to me, it's just like a bad edit. Now that just may be me because you know, again, I edit, I do edit video, but it just it came out to me like a bad edit, and that probably shouldn't have been on television to begin with. Um, the, the Makona got one of the star spots in when she hoist Del Rey up on her shoulders and gives her the big Samoan drop, which popped the crowd, but it was not enough to to uh get the win. Ultimately, Makona runs into Del Rey. Del Rey is able to scoop her up. She runs her down with a power slam, and then one, two, three is over. Uh, it was a win that seemingly came out of nowhere. I don't know why it, it got to that point, but it just, it seemingly just felt like it it came out of nowhere. I mean, I was sitting there watching this with somebody, and the first thing out of his mouth is like, that's it? Now, that was that was coming from the mouth of a casual fan, not not a hardcore. He, he likes watching wrestling, and he's mostly into WWE, not all this other stuff that I do. But since we're in the same work environment and, and it, we turned TV to that, we was able to sit down and look at this. And he's like, I, well, it just came, you know, it was a win that came out of the blue. And and that was not my opinion. It was, you know, the opinion of somebody else. And and I felt that way, too. So I, I don't know. I mean, one of the things that really works against WoW in this environment is that they have these matches that uh, – have to be confined to their programming. They they're never able to like, hey, you know, guys, this, this match is going along. We'll be back. We're going to go. We got to go to commercial, but we will be right back. You know, that they, they don't have that. They, the matches aren't going to run through commercials or feel bigger than what they are. The first thing that I look at when I see Wow is like, okay, when when am I expecting my commercial breaks? Because I know this match isn't going to exceed it. They're going to have the match, and it's going to cut off, and then we'll go to the commercial, and then we'll come back. Uh, every once in a while, you, you would like to think a little bit of unpredictability would be nice for them, but they just have not come close to wanting to do that at all. I, I don't know why, but they don't. But anyway, uh, Del Rey wins this with a power slam. I, I think they call it the West Coast Custom. So... There we have that. Segment seven is the Tormenta video package. Now, earlier I was giving praise to the first segment where we had Sofia Lopez in the offices of David McLean, and she is doing the whole, you know, I searched the world for the perfect client, and I finally found, you know, the the old heel manager shtick. Well, here it's like they worked against that entirely. And this is what I wanted to get to, is the video package for Tormenta. Long story short, first thing is subtitle, so she's speaking in her native tongue. But she is talking about the obstacles that she's overcome, same thing I said, like they, that we got featured in every video package now, as always, is, is somebody's got to have some mountain overcome or some sob story to share and Tormenta, a woman whose name is basically torture, it was the same way. So she's sitting there, she's talking about, you know, how her husband left her and her child's like, well, he divorced me. I guess he divorced our child too. 
And, you know, I'm, I'm listening to this and I'm reading this on the screen. It's like, is this the person that I'm supposed to boo? I'm like, she's with a heel manager. But she's giving me this sob story about how she overcame being left and being left as a single mom and having to wrestle and, you know, and, and try to earn money and this, that. And I was like, how am I supposed to boo this woman? Why would I boo this woman? I mean, she's giving me her life story about how she overcame this. And now I'm supposed to accept her as a heel. Why? This is where I say that they don't have a clear path for some people. Some of them do. A lot of star. And I'm sure there's some, you know, wrestling purists out there that will probably get on her. But for all they can say about her, she makes it very clear what she is. A lot of stars are heel. And she's got no problem making the people understand that she's a heel. It is the one thing that I feel like she has that Lopez does not. She is able, she being Lana, is able to get on that microphone and make those fans understand I am the heel here. I am the bad guy here. So, you know, you boo me. And then it is, it's, it's the arrogant, disingenuous, uh, I'm better than you attitude that she brings that makes her work. Uh, Lopez has a fine personality for her, but I think she's still in, in this regard, still working out the kinks. Um, but this, this video package is confusing. It, 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 I don't know whether she's again, supposed to be the, the baby face of the heel here. Who am I booing you or am I cheering you? They should do a better job of making this easily identifiable because it's not. So we now go to the main event. And this is Tormenta with Sofia Lopez taking on the Beast for the Wild Championship. The first thing that happens is Lopez comes out to the ring and she's shaking hands and high-fiving people going into the, the ringside. I, I, I can't say it enough. It, there's points like this where it's like, okay, are you now babyface? I don't understand. Are you, or are you trying to be disingenuous for this audience? Because if that's the case, you probably should uh, work on that a little bit and see what she could do to be more disingenuous because here it came off like she was one of the biggest babyfaces in the world. She got the crowd to, she started a chant for people to go tormenta, tormenta. So, I mean, it could work if if disingenuity is what she's aiming to do or is that's what she's aiming to be. But when, once she gets called out on it, she's got to double down on being a heel. And she doesn't really do that. She's just, she's just Sofia Lopez, you know, and, and, the greatest attorney in the world. That that alone is like a heel gimmick. But they don't really identify her as such, or they don't try. So Tomina comes out to the ring at the uh, introduction of Sofia Lopez because she takes the microphone away from, uh, what's her name, Lauren Hutton, the ring announcer. And she <laughs> basically introduces her as a babyface. And it's going to be hard, you know, in, in that audience for Lopez and Tormenta to be booed when it's a, you know, pretty strong Latina community out there, Latino community out there. Uh, 
Uh, it, it's going to be difficult. And, th- and if she's looking to get booed, she's going to have to work to get it. So you have uh, the two of them coming out, which is, you know, as, as the wrestling package goes, I think they, they look well on screen together. Um, and then here comes the Beast, their champion, the champion who got the title back from, I guess, a mystery or phantom loss to Tessa Blanchard that's never ex- uh, acknowledged. Uh, this main event was short. That's the, first, that's the first thing that I would have to note to anybody that this was a short main event. Um, Tormenta, they lock up, and Tormenta actually forces the Beast back off into a corner. They lock up again, then the Beast forces her into the opposite corner. So right away we know we see that Tormenta is at least being viewed as on even ground or, or at least close to the power that the beast possesses. Um, so there's a little bit of exchange between the two of them back and forth. Uh, you have to go and watch. And, you know, um, let me cut through for a second and say this. I know that I uh, brought up in one of these previous podcast episodes that if you don't have it on the CW, that you could probably watch it on uh, YouTube. And I don't remember if I went into full detail on that. Well, you can. You can watch the entirety of that show on YouTube. Now, the only difference is is that they chop the show up. It's like Saturday Night Live on NBC. Like You can look at the entirety of Saturday Night Live on YouTube if you wanted to. It's just that it may not be in the order by which it aired. And that's what we have here. It When you look at the WOW uh, YouTube channel, all the matches that air per episode are there, but you may not be seeing it in the order by which it aired. But if you if you go from one video to the next, you'll you'll see them all. So the entire other thing is there, and the, and even the video packages. Where like I'm I'm pretty sure that they're gonna have Tormenta's video package, and you can see what I'm talking about about you know her. I was like, this is a this is a sympathy package. Why would they do this for her? If she's gonna be the heel. Uh. And I forget what the other, or the Raina Del Rey video package. Like you'll probably get to see both of those. So you know, just go to that channel if you if you haven't found it on the CW or your ind- local independent station. Because I do know it, it's it's tough for some people to find that. I know uh, in some areas it airs at midnight now, so it's it's kind of. Hard man, I don't know if some people even want to bother looking at that at midnight or, or regularly anyway. And they're up against an SNL now that I think about it. You know, that that's a, a huge chunk of the viewing audience when they're they uh got new episodes on. So, um, getting back to the match, the big spot of the match here is that at some point. When the beast breaks free, I think she did, if I remember correctly, she did a leapfrog, and then she tried to turn around and spear Tormenta. Tormenta gets out of the way, and the beast goes to the bottom rope. Like, she, when she spears, she kind of shoots herself down to the bottom rope. And this is where Sofia Lopez turns back to a heel. She takes the briefcase while she has the opportunity, and the referee's not looking, and smacks the beast in the head. It was a great moment for her as a as a manager, as a heel manager. But I just wish, like, if you're going to be the heel manager, you got to stick to being the heel manager. Now, don't just, don't 
change it when it's convenient. Uh, start with one, finish with it. So she gets nailed in the head. There's gives Tormenta a brief reprieve before the beast is able to kind of come out of that with in short order. And eventually she does nail the spear. And she does get her, you know, into position to finish her off. She's going for the beast bomb. But then, lo and behold, as she has her in the beast bomb, you see her eyes go elsewhere. And she's looking out of the ring. So you know somebody out there has got her attention. And we all know who that is without looking. It's Raina Del Rey. She's coming to ringside. And she decides gets into the ring. Now we got Del Rey and the beast fighting with each other and then Tormenta jumps in and starts nailing on the bees and then is essentially devolves into every woman for herself. It's like Tormenta has nothing to gain from Del Rey or the Beast. And you know, you can say that all the way around with all of them. That I don't know, it it just makes her inserted into this main event mix now because she had a championship match which she looked like she was going to lose, but uh, but because of the way that she lost, she loses by disqualification here. Uh, yeah, she loses by disqualification here, so she has a gripe. She has a she has a, a means of well, I didn't lose, you know, to, to keep her as a top contender, so that makes sense. But again, you know, the main event scene is kind of morphing a little bit now. In, in this particular case. I'm going to have to sit and watch it. I can't say that this is bad because I don't know where it's going. I can't say that it's good because I don't know where it's going. All I know is that, you know, they they have done what they can to try to maintain, A, the integrity of the beast being the, you know, the juggernaut or the unstoppable monster. Uh, B, maintain the integrity of Tormenta because this is her first match and she, Clearly shouldn't be losing, even though we've seen Wild do that several times. But in this case, they did do something to make sure that, hey, it's her debut match, and they, they kept her protected. And B, and C, excuse me, get my alphabet mixed And C, Del Rey comes into the ring and, you know, still presented as a major threat to the Beast and that championship. Um... So, I mean, it's all cool. It, it works. Wow still should do a better job of establishing uh, who are the heels and who are the baby faces. It is very difficult to look at that show sometimes and not really have a sense of who is doing what or having these situations where uh, one thing takes place that is completely ignored or not acknowledged. Uh, Wow is kind of in his own little universe as it, as it relates to those things. Uh, and I think that they should do a better job of getting that across. Um, as I am recording this right now, None of the matches that took place from this past Saturday are up to view. Last week's stuff are, but not not this week. So you may have to wait a couple of days, you know, to to see that. Or depending on when you're listening to it. I mean, if you go to the channel, they probably may be there by this point. 
But they uh, really, I don't, I want to say all over the page with, with this episode, but it, very little I thought was accomplished. Well, I'll put it that way. Uh, not that Del Rey and the Beast aren't building towards something. I, I get that, and they are. I'm not sure where Tormenta fix in this. I don't know if she's a new piece in that puzzle. But this seems like the only thing that was really going anywhere. Uh, I, we didn't hear from Jesse Jones other than that. She just inserted herself in a match. So I can only assume that she's still vying to find the perfect partner so that she can officially enter the tag team tournament because it wasn't officially named. Um, uh, who else we got here? <laughs> I, I, I lost it. Um, the, oh, yeah, the, uh, the Tonga Twins. And their phantom, you know, win for Ozzy and Chamaro. And, you know, none of these things really advanced to anything of significance. It advanced the tag team tournament, I guess, to some degree. But it, it didn't do well for the other personas there. If anything, uh, Tormenta probably should have given a different interview or not an interview at all. She should have had... Lopez speaking for her, talking her up, telling her the world how great she is, why she deserves this championship match, and talk herself up. How did she get it? Because I'm the greatest attorney in the world. That's how. That's all you need to know. I got her the match. You know, things like that. I think that would, would have helped do wonders just to move this thing forward a little bit. Uh, even the the main event match, like I, I don't know where this is going because we don't really hear from any of them. We've not heard a promo or interview by the Beast talking about I don't know what you know her problem is or whatever. We haven't heard a real promo or or interview by Del Rey saying the opposite that I want the belt and I'm going to do what I have to do to get it and I'm going to hound her and hound her and hound her until I get what I want. You know, none of those things took place. It's just assumed that you're paying attention and that you will know. And I think that is where it gets to be a mistake. Overall, it is not a show that I would, or not an episode that I would have gone out of my way to look at. Yes, they have decent matches, but none of them were so outstanding that I'd have to tell somebody, you got to see this one. This match is great. You need to go look at it. You need to go check it out right now. Like to tell you to go out of your way to see any one of those matches, I think would be doing you a disservice. Although I will say in the beginning of the Reina Del Rey, Lakea, um, it's Lakea, Lea Makona, I thought that had the, the potential of being a pretty good match. I was disappointed that it ended how it did, and when it did. Uh, Makona looks like she has star potential on her as far as being a wrestler is concerned. Um, but they just kind of pulled the rug out from that and that uh, it's, they pulled the rug out from that and that she had a, I was trying to find the, the, the words, and somewhat of a quick loss. I thought that she she needed a more uh, competitive matchup. There's, there's nothing wrong with the loss. There's nothing wrong with losing, you know. But I think sometimes some wrestlers gain more off of actually losing in a very highly competitive matchup rather than just losing. And it you know 
despite the fact that she looked like she had the you know the that star power that was is needed, I don't think that it really went anywhere. If that makes sense. So that was the full show. Uh, again, I would say it's a pretty average program collectively. If you want to go and, and uh, check it out, feel free. I'm sure they'll start uploading the matches individually in like the next couple of days. So you, you got a little bit of time. If you haven't seen it on the CW, you can certainly see it on their YouTube channel and kind of pick and choose which matches you you want to address or look at or you know whatever uh you know what not I, I i think i stand corrected one of those matches just went up to talk twins versus princess ozzy and tiki tomorrow so you can go in there and you can check that out now it's about nine minutes long and uh and, and if they already started loading that up you could probably catch out the rest and then you can then you can tell me was my assessment cor- correct do you agree do you think that i'm being too harsh do you think i'm being too easy you know, give it a look and uh, tell me what you think about the the matches, and uh, if you are so inclined. So with that, I think we can uh, pull this thing towards the end. You know, I I, I want to say one other thing before I, I wrap up shop here, and I say this because I know that um, the owner, Genie Bus. I know I talked about it before, but I'm going to repeat it. Wanted to talk about getting that show on the road, and she wants to go to different places and take the WOW on tour, you know, WOW promotion on tour and all this good stuff. And all of that's fine. And, you know, good for her if she's able to do it. But what I will say is that if they do not address the small problems now, it is going to be a bigger problem later. And I know they probably don't view this as that, but, you know, the WOW is a very sanitized environment. They, they're they not wrestling in front of the average wrestling fan, you know, you know the ones out of the Northeast, the ones in the South or the Midwest. Uh, and, and even in, out in L.A., I think it's right there, they, you know, they have people that came to look at a show be, being shot, not necessarily to see the wrestling. But that, you know... If they leave that environment, like I say, it's a very sanitized environment. You, you're not going to be able to control the audience to the degree that you probably control the audience there. And there are going to be some audiences that are going to be very judgmental. Wrestling fans can be extremely loyal. They can be uh, very loving and forgiving to a lot of things, but they also can be uh, over the top and they can be toxic and they can be uh, mean <laughs> at some points when they'd see stuff that they don't like inside of a wrestling ring and at the end of the day that bell has to ring and they've got to have good matches so for those that are protected in a wild ring under the guise of hey what well, if they'll edit the video and we'll just take the good parts and stick it in there or whatever the case may be if there are people that are on that roster who only have dealt with WoW and don't really have a lot of wrestling experience outside of it, now's the time to start learning. Now's the time to, to get out there and start learning. If if WoW is willing to allow you to do it, then you should do it. You should be out someplace at some show 
where you can learn and feel the learn the things that you know. I guess the a lot of trainers you know talk about as intangibles. Being able to feel the audience, because I'm sure here that they're not really doing that. They're just kind of doing what they're supposed to do. But you can't do that everywhere. And the more that they get the opportunity to work in other places and, and work other people and, you know, things of that nature, the better they will be. Because remember, like I said, wrestling fans can be notoriously uh, jaded. And then, and they don't mind booing you if you're not a wrestler that's entertaining them. And five-minute matches, six-minute matches, you know, especially for their biggest championship, they're not going to fly in a lot of occasions. That bell has got to ring, and you got to be able to deliver the goods from bell to bell like uh, they expect you to. But time will tell whether they actually allow them to do that or will anybody in that roster take heed, anybody in that roster actually go out of the way to try to learn how to do some of this stuff on their own. Because they're only going to get better, you know, by taking on people that's better than them. And they probably would need to be in the ring with some of those girls out there on the indies who know how to adjust and call it on the fly and, and make it from there. Now, I'm not saying everybody that's on that roster needs that. I mean, Commander Spars is Amber Rodriguez, Penelope Pink is Marina Tucker, uh, Reina Del Rey is Rays. Well, I might be saying it wrong, but anyway, you get the point. There, there's a lot of talent on that roster who don't need it, and that's one of the only things I saw that Wild had did over the years that I felt like, okay, great, they're, they're at least paying attention to somebody. Where they decided to, okay, let's get some some wrestlers in here. Yes, they'll still train their own, but let's get some people in here who can hit the ground running, essentially. And that's what they had to do. They, they got some talented uh, people in there, uh, both from the previous seasons and now, who can hit the ground running. And they don't require a lot. All you got to do is tell them who the opponent is and what's the finish. But anyway, now that we've gotten past that, I want to say that uh, thank you for checking out another episode of the Rights and Wrongs of Pro Wrestling Podcast with me, Mr. Green. And also, again, be sure to check out Custom Vixens Wrestling. That's Custom Vixens Wrestling. If you feel like, hey, I could do better than that, well, now's your chance. Now's the opportunity. Now you can put your money where your mouth is and you can book the match that you want booked. How you want it booked. And they will follow it to the letter. Unless they have some personal issues going on and they get into a fight during the table. But anyway, they, they, they will follow what you deliver to them to the letter. So, you know, write it up, shoot it off, tell them what you want and see if you can make a match that, hey, maybe we can talk about at some point. Maybe... Maybe I'll be reviewing it one day. Who knows? But time will tell, and you got to get to it first. So, on that note, my friends, check out the rest of the uh, videos as they upload. I'm sure they'll be popping in bit by bit. But this is also Mr. Green saying, 
that this is Mr. Green saying so long, and we will see you on the next go round and on the next episode. Take care, everybody. Thank you for listening to the WPN's Rights and Wrongs of Pro Wrestling. If you have questions or comments, please contact us via our Facebook or our YouTube channel at the Women's Pro Wrestling Network. If you're new to the WPN, feel free to subscribe to our channel and like our page. We appreciate your support. Thank you again for listening.